It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Washington Commanders offense had a bounce-back day at practice on Tuesday with the Baltimore Ravens defense, which brings up the question just how valuable is going up against this Washington Commanders defense. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Commanders Daily Podcast, covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. Coming to you here from Owings Mills, Maryland, following joint practice day number one between the Washington Commanders and the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, you can always subscribe subscribe to the Locked On Commanders podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to continue this conversation with me, just head over to jointsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday, especially after practices like today's, and I appreciate your continued support for the show, especially all of the everydayers out there on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Of course, we're going to talk about what happened on day one of joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, Washington Commanders coming out here to the Baltimore area, Owings Mills, Maryland, uh, to conduct these practices. The game will take place Monday night at FedEx Field, and it was a bounce-back day for the Washington Commanders offense. Yesterday's practice, the final practice in Ashburn before coming out here to Owings Mills, not a great day for Sam Howell, the quarterback specifically, but also not for the offensive line, not for the wide receivers. Some drop plus, some drop passes that we talked about. Just a rough day overall for the offense, which was a little bit concerning coming into Tuesday, day one of joint practices against the Baltimore Ravens, because as we all expected, the Baltimore Ravens certainly coming out with a lot of energy, a lot of physicality looking to make plays against the Washington Commanders here, and that's exactly what we got. But we also got a more resilient performance from the offense. Now, before we dive too deep into the offense, let's be honest, a lot of you want to hear about the fights, right? Of course, that's always kind of the biggest storyline coming out of some of these training camp practices. Now, unfortunately, I was watching the offense today. I was not watching the defense. The defense is where the real fights took place. There was some some pushing and shoving on the offensive side of things as well uh, for the Commanders, but the Commanders' defense was the unit that was really involved uh, in these fights. I will be with the commander's defense tomorrow. I'll be on that side of the field. So if anything goes down that built up from today, I will be on hand to uh, to witness that personally and be able to tell you. But through uh, the, the, the grapevine and through the wonder that is technology, uh, I have gotten some updates and some information about those fights. Of course, one of them started uh, between co- commander's rookie cornerback Emmanuel Forbes and Ravens receiver Tylen Wallace. Uh, after one specific route, Forbes punched the ball out of Tylen Wallace's hands. Tylen didn't like that, took uh, took exception to it, decided to slap Emmanuel Forbes, who slapped him back, and then uh, all hell broke loose after that. On the very next play, Washington cornerback Danny Johnson punched the ball loose again from another Ravens receiver, this one tight end, Mark Andrews. And after that, Mark Andrews decided to take matters into his own hands, took Danny Johnson into his own hands, and body slammed him onto the playing field, uh, causing another scuffle. Uh, between Ravens and Commanders players. The coaches had to get involved, separated everybody, and then brought all the players together in one huddle. Ravens and Commanders players all in one huddle together. 
uh, getting their butts chewed, getting told, hey, this isn't what we're here to do. Get back to business, get back to work. Uh, there was some light shoving on the offensive side, including some uh, coming before the second team unit even snapped the ball. Like first time the second team offense was on the field for the commanders, second team defense for the Ravens. I don't know. The offensive line, defensive line met at the line of scrimmage, uh, started pushing, shoving, a little bit of, of trash talking. Uh, so a little bit of a scuffle, but nothing too big. There was a little bit of a, of a, of a skirmish later on that we'll talk about uh, as well. So between the two fights and the oddly long breaks uh, in between segments of practice today, I think that I've come to one conclusion, and that is that Baltimore Ravens practice is not nearly as contentious as Washington Commanders practices are. Uh, I see players all the time uh, out in Ashburn. I see defenders trying to knock balls out of Commanders offensive players' hands. Out of the quarterback's hand sometimes. I mean, you know, the, the if there's an interception or a fumble, the offensive players will do it to the defensive players, and nobody gets, uh, you know, in their feelings enough that they have to cause a fight or certainly body slam anybody. I guess, I don't know, maybe it's different in Baltimore when it's not your teammate doing it. And uh, to me, it's, it's uh, you know, secure the ball. Secure the ball, nobody can knock it out of there. You should be securing the ball uh, at all times. So uh, I spoke to one commander's player specifically who kind of mentioned the same thing and then also brought up the long breaks in between practices and you know that that never happens in washington it was kind of weird to just sit there on the practice field for a while waiting to start up again and uh it definitely stood out to to the media members uh that i was around as well kind of a kind of a weird occurrence but at the end of the day they got two ish hours right between the breaks i uh, got about two hours of practice in here and always most certainly some good work and, and now let's turn back to the offense's play on the field now that we kind of talked about the fights of course videos of those fights are circulating i think uh I think Channel 4 out here in D.C. had the most popular video uh, of the of the Emmanuel Forbes uh, fighter. Maybe it was a Mark Andrew going around. I can't remember which one, but they had a pretty good angle uh, on one of those fights. So if you want to see footage of it, you can certainly go out there and find that. But uh, I'm not going to share it on here because we're not allowed to, according to network rules, and I don't want to get fired. So uh, back to the offense again after a poor showing on day 15 in Ashburn, day 16. Uh, much, much better. Uh, however, Ravens outside linebacker Odafe Owe is going to come away happy with his performance as he got to Sam Howell not once, not twice. Where are my LeBron James fans at? Three times he got to the quarterback Sam Howell in 11 on 11s. But outside of that, the offensive operation looked mostly smoother uh, to, for the commanders than it had, again, earlier this week uh, and at certain points during training camp as well. In lineman one-on-one drill, so offensive lineman against defensive lineman, uh, Washington starters went five and four. Uh, against the Ravens, so five wins, four losses, so a winning record. You know what I mean? That's kind of the best thing uh, about that. The starting defensive line, the biggest win against the Ravens starting defensive line came from left guard Sadiq Charles, who was uh, matched up against Baltimore defensive tackle Broderick Washington, beat him right off the line, and then by the end of the rep, Broderick Washington was face down in the dirt uh, down here on the practice field. Sadiq was the only undefeated commander's lineman that I charted in the one-on-ones. The worst reps uh, probably came from center Nick Gates, who got driven straight back after the snap. Would have been right in Sam Howell's lap if it was a rep uh, by by defensive tackle Travis Jones. And then Chris Paul also lost to Ravens defensive lineman Brent Brent Urban on an overreach uh, where he leaned too far forward. And Brent Urban took advantage of that momentum, just boom, went right past him. We've talked about that with Chris Paul before. It has gotten a little bit cleaner, but, you know, old habits die hard. So we did see Chris Paul kind of revert to that. Uh, just a little bit. Rookie tackle Braden Daniels got left in the dust on one rep by Ravens linebacker Malik Ham after Ham hit him with a crazy spin move. Honestly, I don't even blame Braden Daniels for that. Like that that spin move was so sick that I don't know if anybody uh, would have gotten past uh, that. But uh, Daniels did finish strong-ish, if you want to consider that. So after getting beat by Baltimore linebacker David Ojabo on a later one-on-one rep, the coaches reset them. Uh, Braden Daniels won that rep, and then they reset them again. 
and he won that rep as well. So he took two of the three and won actually more and more. Uh, the first, the second win was actually better than the first win, uh, if you want to take that. So what I took away from that, obviously, Brain Daniels uh, sticking in there, showing some heart, showing some fight back from his first coaches, but also David Ojabo basically doesn't have a second move. Basically did the same thing to Brain Daniels three times, and Brain got better against it uh, all three times. Grain of salt. I was not with the coaches, so I don't know. Maybe they said, hey, hit him with that move again. Hit him with that move again so we can teach him how to handle that move. Maybe that's what happened. Give David Ojabo a little bit of credit there. Uh, but that's what that basically looked like in the one-on-ones. Again, the starters going five and four, so winning more of those starting reps uh, than they lost. The offensive line was mostly solid on Tuesday, but they were also helped by quick passes in 11-on-11 drills and Sam Howell's decisive throwing. That's coming up next on our latest version of Howl Watch on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So with draft prep underway and for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny Iyer has picked out for this week's eBay guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. Looking for a safe quarterback to take as a starter later after you wait on the position? Then you can ride with Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, one of the most consistent, healthiest, and most reliable passing producers. Washington fans, you are familiar with Kirk Cousins. Cousins has great weapons in year two of a pass-happier offense under Kevin O'Connell from Justin Jefferson to rookie Jordan Addison. He'll once again drive a team that is loaded first at the other positions. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being the perfect fit. And the same goes with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guarantee Fit, everything for your vehicle is calling is just a click away. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks again for being Locked On Commanders, your first listen or view of the day, every day or every day. As again, I appreciate you all for coming through. Subtextures, I appreciate you all for hanging out with me during this joint practice on Tuesday. We'll be back at it, of course, on Wednesday, off Thursday, but then back Friday and Saturday, off again Sunday, and then we've got game day coming up on Monday. We had a new subtexter just in time for practice on Tuesday morning, so I want to give a huge welcome and thank you to Rob, who is also an every dare. So, of course, that's doubly great. Uh, as always, appreciate you, and I appreciate everybody uh, like you. Rob seemed to enjoy his first day as a subtexter. So if you want to join in on the fun, just like Rob did today, uh, get on that action by going to joinsubtext.com slash commanders, and uh, you can get all the great information that I'm trying to pass out to you guys. And look, let me know if you want more. If you want something different, if you want something in addition to, I will do my best to make sure that you are getting your money's worth out of that venture. Your first two weeks are free, so you can dive in see if you like it. If you do, great. If you don't, no harm, no foul. Uh, Howl Watch Day 16 now again coming from Owings Mills, Maryland after the first joint practice between the Washington Commanders and the Baltimore Ravens. 
Uh, and Washington quarterback Sam Howell went six for nine in 11 on 11 team drills on Tuesday with his best set coming on the second session where he went four or five uh, and delivered a beautiful pass to Jahan Dotson. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Now, it wasn't a perfect outing by any means, but it was far better than the day prior when he and his offense struggled, just weren't on the same page the entire practice. If it was not an inaccurate pass, it was a drop pass. If it wasn't a drop pass, it was pass protection. Uh, just not a good day overall, but a much better day. I think on day 16 in contrast, right? Uh, now, there was a lot of media out here, right? So both Baltimore Ravens beats and the Washington Commanders beats are out here. So there's a lot of media members out here. And while I was actually scrolling through for fight details, because I knew we wanted to talk about it here on this episode, even though I wasn't right there on that sideline, uh, watching, I actually stumbled upon, upon some different conflicting numbers from people who were also charting 11 on 11. So the thing that I want to make sure that we divulge and come transparent with is for my 11 on 11s, I'm trying to deliver you guys the most accurate, realistic information that I can possibly give you. So what that means is if there is a practice sack, we talked about this recently every day, as you remember, the coaches tell the players complete the play, right? So if there's a practice sack, the quarterback knows, okay, I've been sacked. Go ahead, complete the play, find a guy to throw to, throw the ball. If you catch the ball, run after, finish the play, right? I don't count those. So if there is a practice sack, for me and my charting information, what I give to you in this episode, in these episodes, I kill the play right then and there, right? That's not a throw. It's not an attempt. It's not a completion. It's not an incompletion. I kill the throw. Now, if there's something notable, like Emmanuel Forbes runs from halfway across the stinking football field to make an interception, even though the interception wouldn't have counted because the play is dead, I tell you that amazing information because the athletic feats of these players certainly still applicable, but I don't put it in the final num numbers and stat count, right? So that's important because if there's a penalty that brings back a play, Again, that, that throw never happened in the stat box, so I don't bring that to you, right? So if you see conflicting information, especially out here this week with many Baltimore beat members, Washington beat members, I don't know how everybody else charts throws or counts throws, and it's not my business to tell them how to do it. It's my business to tell you how I do it so you understand where my numbers uh, are coming from. So now that we have that straight, uh, let's go to the drives. Right? Let's get beyond the stat box, and let's talk about uh, the drive-by-drive -drive number. So drive one. Uh, very first rep is a play action rollout to the right side where Odafe Owe, Owe got his first sack of the day. First play, first sack. It wasn't even hard coming off the left side uh, of the defense, so the right side of the offensive line. Uh, really, Sam Howe really never had a chance. He did get a pass away, though, completed that one pass over the middle off of play action, uh, the only pass of that set. So one for one on the first set of 11-on-11 11 11 plays with uh, one sack. Drive two, his best series of the day for him. Also the best series of the day probably for the first-team offense. Started off one-for-one, one, a quick right uh, side route to Terry McLaurin. Uh, the next pass was incomplete, but it was really cool. A lot of pressure coming. Sam Howell immediately got rid of the ball. Very smart, headsy play. Don't take the sack. I think that's something that we talked about on that safety. He had some contri contribu contributions to that safety happening against the Cleveland Browns. Certainly, I put the sack that happened against Cleveland Browns on Sam Howell more than I put on anybody else. So you want to see him kind of getting back into that mindset of see pressure, face pressure. But if it's coming and I can't get away from it, go ahead and get rid of the ball. Live to play another down with uh, better yardage, right? Next pass, a quick middle route to Terry McLaurin, two for three. Uh, and then a quick left side curl to Jahan Dotson. That might have been the best throw of the day, to be quite honest with you, even though it was probably only about a six-yard, seven-yard gain. Uh, but Kyle Hamilton, the safety, was trying to break down on the ball, Sam Howell got rid of it quickly, delivered the ball quickly, put it right in the perfect spot for Jahan Dotson to grab it just past the outstretched hands of safety Kyle Hamilton, uh, making him three for four, and then completed his fifth route, uh, fifth pass of the of the set as well, middle route to Curtis Samuel. Uh, and I want to point out here, so four for five, 
in that second set and see the accuracy come back, the quick decision-making, the quick routes, all of those things. But also that final rep, Chris Rodriguez Jr., uh, the rookie running back, he's been getting some work with the first team, and I want to praise him for that particular play, was in on pass protection, uh, and the, the Baltimore Ravens had an extra rusher coming. Chris Rodriguez stood in there, absorbed the, absorbed the defender, uh, fixed on his block, and gave Sam Howell the time he needed to get that ball out. The third drive of 11-on-11s for the Sam Howell-led first-team offense started off with another sack by Odafe Owe, uh, again this time from the left side of the offense, but then his next play was actually delivered, and it went one-for-one, one, a quick slant two. Terry McLaurin on the left side of the defense. His next pass was a quick out to tight end Cole Turner, and that's where we had our offensive scuffle uh, for the day, a late hit on Cole Turner laid on him by a Baltimore Ravens defender, drew flags from the officials on hands, then also threw uh, the ire of the Washington Commanders offensive teammates uh, of Cole Turner. His final pass, a play action pass that went to Jahan Dotson, also completed, making Sam Howell two for three on that third set. The fourth set, no official passes, whether it was from holds, whether it was from penalties or well penalties or holds but whether it was from sacks uh no official passes on the fourth set uh the first play of the set was actually a run by antonio gibson to the left side of the offensive formation where he absolutely trucked baltimore Ravens safety marcus williams uh, i mean it was so bad that typically when you have an aggressive play like that the players kind of get up they get in each other's faces a little bit it's oh you didn't hit me that hard and and all this stuff but marcus williams got up and just kind of walked off the field defeated i mean you can't really blame him a uh, very hard hit uh, laid on him by running back Antonio Gibson, but hopefully he's healthy because obviously you want everybody to stay healthy during these practices. Unfortunately, that was the best play of the drive because Owe got in for his third sack of the day on Sam Howell following that. And then after a false start uh, was was preceded that. So you had that run play, then a false start, then a sack. And then Howell's next pass attempt was completed, but there was a holding penalty calling it back. So it's your day old or your, your, your lifelong story of eight yards forward, 15 yards back, whatever you want. Uh, I didn't see which player specifically, but I do know that the false start and the hold both came on the left side of the offensive line. That was it for Sam Howell and the first team offense. So overall, not a terrible day. Certainly didn't finish, I think, the way that you want to. I'm sure that they're going to talk about that in meetings, try to come out tomorrow firing off a little bit better and also finish a little bit better. Injury updates from practice. Benjamin St. Juice was out here for stretches, uh, but was not wearing pads and also had kind of a leg sleeve on his leg while he's dealing with that ankle injury. Cornerback Nick Whiteside. Also out here, not in pads, cornerback Nick Whiteside, tight end Logan Thomas, and receiver Kyrick McGowan were all also out here doing stretches, doing things like that, but did not have pads on, did not participate beyond some stretches. Whiteside didn't even stretch, to be honest with you. Chase Young continued his usual. Uh, he was out there for stretches, some individual work, I think, uh, but he did not do anything in the teams or the group uh, options or group sessions uh, dealing still with that stinger. Uh, self-reported stinger. I'm not sure he's going to play in Baltimore or play against Baltimore or not, to be quite honest. The only time I saw him get onto the practice field and not on the sideline is during one of the fights where he threw on his helmet, went out there to help uh, break up the scrum, uh, I assume. So it was a busy day for Terry McLaurin uh, here on day one, joint practices against the Baltimore Ravens. So we're going to hear a little bit from him. I got a little bit of his presser that I'm going to share with you after practice. And then we'll catch up with Jeremy Reeves, an interview uh, that was done in scrum fashion with him earlier this week. Both of those interviews coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, yeah, man. That's the picture of the day, man. You play football, you play fast, you fun around. It's, it's a physical game, you know? So there will be, you know, some, some, some heated moments here and there. You know, that's part of it. You know, you just go line back up and do it again, man. So I'm excited, you know. It'll be interesting because they play a certain style of football that is well known. They've been doing it for years. And uh, we kind of developed this culture defensively. Um, we play a certain style of football, so it's going to be fun. Does it add any excitement that you guys get to have a couple of these practices against Lamar Jackson and maybe helps you for the season? Hell yeah, my language. Yeah, man. I mean, that dude, he, he's a baller, man. You know, he, he's a well known name. You know, he's, we know what he's fully capable of as far as you know, out of pocket and with his arm. You know, that doesn't get talked about enough. And they got weapons over there now. You know, they got receivers over there and tight ends and you know running backs. And so it adds a it, it really challenges our you know our rules and our principles on, on defense as far as to you know playing say or sound football. You know, you got to be gap sound. You got to be responsible in passing game because they're gonna touch you one thousand percent. One going against a different team too. You go against each other for so long. You know, I mean, you kind of get familiar with your teammates. They get familiar with what you do when you come out here against another team. It's good to have a measuring stick of how you've made it up until this point in camp. Can you see a big? It's my first one, so I didn't really know what to expect. But you know, you come in ready to compete, and I'm always ready to compete. So uh, it was it was definitely fun for my first one. Did you even see like for Sam, young quarterback, going through this changes throughout in him throughout the practice? The more you guys work against him? Yeah, he's really poised, man. I think he, he sees the field really well, and he's going to get his chance to make opportunities on the uh, on the perimeter, which has been great. His timing, I felt like, was really good with us today. As soon as we were getting out of our breaks. All of our receivers, uh, the ball was right there, and he gave us a chance to run with it as well. So um, I think he did a great job, even when he had to improvise and roll out a little bit to still keep his eyes downfield and, and continue to give us a chance to make plays. So he's been the same guy since we started camp and since he stepped in at the last game last year. He's just really good at the Who's Um, I think just really we, we just want to work whatever whatever the game plan is for that practice. Um, you know, I think we have a plethora of, of ways to get the ball down the field and get the ball in our playmakers' hands. And, uh, specifically on the quick game stuff as receivers, we just want to make sure our timing and spacing is uh, on point. And I feel like we really capitalize on, on some of those opportunities. So I, I feel like we got to keep that stuff going. So Terry, for you, when you're going against like Humphrey versus Kendall Fuller and Patrick yeah. Bay, how much is it, what does it change for you? Just even like your intensity inside it. Definitely. I think uh, Marlon and, and Kendall, they both are the two vet corners who are really good at what they do. They're very, uh, really good technicians. and. Uh, I think Kendall is a different style of corner than Marlon is, so it's, it's good to go against a guy like Marlon where he's going to be a little bit more uh, um, firm at the line. He's going to be a little bit more handsy, you know what I mean? And it forces you to really use your technique and be physical because you know he's going to be physical at the top of the route. He's going to be physical at the line, and he's going to try to punch the ball out. So when I'm going against him, I just want to match his physicality, but also be clean with my feet, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, he has to... Uh, your receiver, they stop when you stop. You, you got to be efficient. So, um, getting the work against Kendall has been great as well because he really forces you to be efficient out of your brace because he's so patient. And sometimes, if you're not running or you're opening up your stride, he's going to squat at the top of your route. So, it really forces me to make sure I'm always selling a vertical route. So, going against two veteran guys is, is only going to help me and the other receivers. Did you know that about Humphrey, or did you, did you just kind of learn that out here today and just kind of adjust as you go? Yeah, we played the Ravens a few years ago. So, studying him, I knew he was a physical corner, he could definitely run. Um, and, you know, his game is really big on physicality. And uh, 
thing about me is I like to be physical as well. So um, it's a great battle going against a guy like that. You know, when we're going one-on-ones, I want to go against him. He wants to go against me. When we're going seven-on-seven, it's the same thing. So I think it's an iron shot for an iron thing. You know, he's a pro bowl player, really one of the top corners in this league, and it's, it's great work for me and the other receivers. Hey, Terry, have you seen skirmish on this side? What did you see in that? After that play, he was a Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, at the end of the day, we just, you just want to protect everybody that's out here. Obviously, they're trying to make plays. We want to make plays. But um, at the end of the day, we're going to protect our teammates. And uh, that's, that's what happens in camp sometimes. Things get a little physical, but, uh, you know, it didn't get too bad. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's just guys competing. But at, at the end of the day, we want to look out for each other's careers and make sure, uh, you know, we're not doing anything that's too over the line. And Ron and Duran were both talking about, you know, really sure focusing on football and improving, like, no, definitely. I think uh, one thing that was really impressive was uh, offensively, I feel like our tempo was really good. Um, it it kind of really uh, showed why we practice at the high intensity that we practice at. And I feel like uh, we were really got to a place where we were just very efficient. Um, but it's still the little details that are coming up for us. You know, the procedural things, EB says those are mental errors. You know what I mean? We, we can handle the make sure the spacing's right, make sure you're running the right route. But the mental areas we got to cut back on, myself included, you know what I mean? So those are the little things I'm looking for. I'm going to try to be critical of myself and just encourage uh, the other guys and the young guys especially, um, you know, focus on the film today. But tomorrow's a new day. It's a new opportunity. And the plays that you didn't make, you have opportunity to come out there and change the narrative tomorrow. And uh, I think you just got to have a next play mentality. And uh, But always be in a competitive, a competitive spirit, competitive mindset because that's how the ebbs and flows of the game goes. Defense going to make plays. You're going to make plays. And... If the team, when you got to get to the end of practice, you get a little tired, that's when the team is going to have the most successful who's going to execute and be on, on top of the little thing. Are there any routes or concepts that you were happy with the timing and spacing? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like, like I said, our quick game has, has been great. Um, I don't want to give away too much of what we're doing, but um, I just think we're just really trying to be uh, on time with the quarterback. You know what I mean? We're getting certain looks where it's press man or a little off technique. We still want to be in the, in the spot that Sam's going to expect us to be in because this offense is really predicated on a lot of the spacing and the timing. So if we're taking too long in and out of our breaks, that's throwing off Sam. It's, it's, it's uh, hurting the, uh, the quarterback. It's hurting the, the whole line. So uh, EB's really made an emphasis of everybody doing their job. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 